Good morning, church. Uh, again, good morning, church. Good morning. You know, it's, it's really good to be able to bring God's Word to all of us. I just want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a situation, which I believe you have, uh, whereby you know someone that were in a very challenging situation, and yet because of that, you could not reach out to them face to face? You know, what do you do then? I guess most of us, uh, given technology, will, will make a phone call or something like this, send an SMS. But I think the answer that I would have is really to pray, to pray for them. When you cannot reach them physically, face-to-face, we can pray, especially if we know their context and maybe even experience what they have experienced in that situation. We can pray to God, we can pray for them, with knowledge and understanding uh, and ask the Lord to help them in that sense. And I'm sure that during the COVID years whereby we are cut off, cut off physically to reach others, you know, we pray for them. And that's why we also have intercessory prayer. When our physical being cannot reach that particular situation or that person, we can pray because prayer reaches out to them. And that's what happened here when we examine today's text, whereby Paul prayed for the Thessalonians while he cannot reach them. So last week, a little bit of recall for us, we heard from Pastor Vincent, faith that overcomes. Faith that overcomes. We learned that Timothy went to uh, the Thessalonian and then went back to Paul with the report that Thessalonian has stood their ground. Their faith in the Lord Jesus actually is there. And, and it comforted Paul. And however, Paul in that situation was still very concerned about uh, their faith, concerned about them. And that leads him to pray night and day earnestly to God that, they, that he can see them physically face to face. If you look at, look at uh, chapter 3, verse 10, it will show you that. Uh, and while praying to God that God will grant him that request to go to the Thessalonians and meet them face to face physically, Meanwhile, he also prayed to God for the Thessalonians to increase and abound in their Christian love so that they can be uh, blameless before God at the second coming of Jesus. That's where our text will be today. And okay, whereby Paul prays this and is written that now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that He may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His sin. Like a discerning intercessor, who was close to God, uh, who understood what is needed for the Thessalonians in their situation, Paul prayed to God for them. Paul understood that the believers were going through uh, tough times, challenging times, and he also knew that they would be going uh, 
in the future, going through difficult times also. So with that understanding and knowledge, he prayed certain prayer that we, we see here. And that's, I believe that uh, as he understood the situation, he prayed the essential for them uh, to be established in them while he could not visit them face to face. Remember, he cannot reach them. So he prayed, believing that this prayer will really help them. A little bit of recall again, in previous sermon, just to give us that background, we understood that they are suffering for their faith, yet they hold fast to God and, and His Word. We know that Satan is scheming to destroy them. Therefore, Paul wants to go back. We know that they are lacking in certain things in, in their faith, and Paul wanted to go back to supply what is needed for them. We know that they are supposed to uh, do outreach also. They are supposed to bear witness for Christ and be an example, a testimony uh, to the world that Christ, God actually loved them. So likewise, as I uh, study this text this morning, I thought that our context may not be any different from there while we are waiting for Jesus' return. We will suffer for our faith. We will suffer for our faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will suffer for your faith. Just let reality sink in. We will suffer for our faith. We are also under the, uh, the attacks of the evil one. Satan is scheming to steal, kill and destroy us. We too need to be built up in our faith. There's certain lack in our faith uh, aspect that needs to be supplied, needs to be filled. The gaps needs to be filled. We are called to reach out and to be good witness, uh, bear witness for Christ. So in this context, I want to draw some lesson for all of us. Just as Paul knew what are the essential that the Thessalonians need and he prayed while he could not visit them. I think as we draw lesson this morning from this prayer, we will benefit also while we are waiting for Jesus' return. So some lesson for us, uh, and this is my outline for today. Uh, I'm going to talk about two things. Paul's prayer uh, for God's direction to the Thessalonians. And then we're going to also explore, Paul prayed for the Thessalonians that they increase, enlarge their love in that sense. So this is my outline. And let me just go straight to uh, point number one, whereby Paul prayed for the Thessalonians. He prayed that God will direct him, the team, to them. May our God and Father himself and Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Paul understood and wanted to go back to the Thessalonians because Satan is scheming. Satan is trying to destroy the Thessalonians. So he wanted to go back. But yet we understood uh, from previous sermon that Satan had been trying to block Paul from going back to the uh, believer. He wanted to go back to the believer, but he was hindered quite a number of times. He wanted to go back to the believer to supply what was lacking in them, but he was being obstructed by Satan. So Paul, in this aspect, prayed to God to direct the way 
because despite uh, the schemes of the devil, despite the power, the roadblocks that the evil one may, may put before Paul, it is of no match of the power of God. So Paul prayed to God, God, will you direct us, direct our way to the Thessalonian again? Lord, you are powerful. You alone uh, has all the power. You are in control. Please direct our way to the Thessalonian. He prayed, Lord, direct our way to them. It's interesting to note this word uh, direct as what is in the PowerPoint, that direct in, in the Greek language also have this idea of making straight or guidance. Therefore, some of us using uh, NIV may have this translation, may the Lord clear the way for us. Or some of us using Amplified Bible will read this, may the Lord guide our steps to you by removing the obstacle that stand in our way. So the picture is this, Satan is putting roadblock, may, maybe making windy uh, roots in that sense, but Paul is saying that, Lord, will you direct our way to you? Make it straight. Will you lead us? Will you clear the obstacle so that we can go to the Thessalonian? Question for all of us, was this prayer answered? Yes or no? Okay, not a trick question. Ah. It's yes. Tell your neighbor and say, yes, the prayer is answered. Uh, no trick question here. The prayer was answered. Why? Because God is the ultimate power. He's powerful. He's way much stronger and powerful than Satan. And Satan cannot compare to, to God. God is all-powerful. But the question again is this, when was this answered? That's where I want to draw all of us into. When was this prayer answered? Yes, God answered the prayer, but when was this answered? Was it answered immediately? And the, and the answer is this, no, it is not answered immediately. In fact, uh, some of the scholars say this, that it is probably about five years later that this prayer was being answered. Five years later, whereby we see uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 1 to 3, uh, Paul's uh, third uh, missionary journey, found in Acts chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. Amazing. God answered his prayer. God directed them to the Thessalonian, but it's not immediately. It's not immediately. It's five years later. What's happening here? Is it because, is it because Paul's prayer was not powerful enough? Wow, you know power, la, Paul. You know, uh, God have to wait so long to answer your prayer. You know power. La. Is it that? No. Is it because Satan is so strong and powerful that delayed Paul for so long? Uh, I suggest it is also not. So can I suggest that it's not because of Paul's prayer that is not powerful or even persistent? Because uh, if we look at verse 10, you can see him praying night and day, you know. So it's not about persistency. Or is it 
And, and definitely it's not because Satan is so powerful to delay the answer. Rather, I want to suggest and I want to bring us to this point that it is because of the timing of God. The timing belongs to God and how He wants to direct them. Yes, God is all-powerful, but there is also a timing aspect that we need to recognize. So when Paul prayed to God and asked God to direct their way to the Thessalonian, there is this sense of surrenderness and say that, Lord, I'm praying to you. I'm leaving the decision to you. Lord, I'm, uh, I'm adhering to your timing and to your guidance. I'm giving myself to you. Lord, my prayer, my desire is that you direct us, but all according to your timing and the way that you want to direct us. That's what Paul is doing in this prayer. And it's something for us to learn and to be aware of also. Yes, God is all-powerful all in all situations. And some of us, probably, we are in very challenging uh, circumstances. God is all-powerful. He can intervene at any time He wants. But we need to just take note that it is His timing that we need to surrender to. God, what is your timing? What is your way of delivering me? So in this case, Paul and Tim, if I can imagine this, and I believe that he, they could have done that, Paul and Tim could have relied on their human wisdom, you know, human planning to seek out a plan to go to the Thessalonians. I think they can. I mean, it's, it's quite near. I mean, they can plan that, hey, if tomorrow, right, the, the quote-unquote weather is right, we want to go back. If tomorrow doesn't work, then the next day I will go back. If that day doesn't work, then I will go the following way. So there is this possibility, and, and they definitely can do that, whereby they plan day and day and day that if Tomorrow doesn't work the day after tomorrow. If that doesn't work another day, they could have planned properly. They could have strategized properly. They could have used their human wisdom just to go back to Thessalonians. But did they do that? No, they didn't. Paul prayed, Lord, will you just direct our way to you? I'm leaving you uh, that uh, decision and timing to you, although there is this overwhelming love that he has for the Thessalonians. And, and we all know this, that sometimes because we love so much, we are so concerned about certain individual by hook or by crook, we will make sure that we will go to that person. But here, Paul didn't do that. Yeah, although he desire and is overwhelmed to go to the Thessalonians, yet he said, Lord, I leave it to your timing. Will you direct our way to them? It's a timing thing that we need to, we need to uh, learn. Paul was clear that God is the one who directs. And when he directs, it is the best way. When he directs, it is the best way. So he didn't allow his own human uh, intelligence or the ability to plan to be there. He said, Lord, I leave it to you. Will the Lord Jesus, will God himself direct us our way to you? Brothers and sisters, this points us to reflection and also application in our life. Do we pray to God 
trusting not just in his power, but also in his timing and in his way. Yes, God is all-powerful, but yet God has his perfect timing and way. So do we pray, you know, trusting God, not just in his power, but also his timing and his way. And the reflection is really this, and I want to challenge and encourage all of us, trust and be patient in God's timing in your situation right now. Trust and be patient in God's timing. Proverbs says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Again, the idea of making straight the path. Trust in the Lord. Acknowledge Him. Allow Him to guide you. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says this, The mind of man plans his way. Yes, we can plan, but ultimately it's God that directs his step. Will you and will us trust and be patient in God's timing? There's also another reflection point that I have here as I look at this uh, lesson on divine uh, guidance, how God can uh, direct us. And as we look at uh, Paul's uh, journey and how God directs Paul and his team, there's something that I want to share here about divine direction and divine guidance for us to take note. You know, it's a lesson of divine guidance and uh, direction also by looking at Paul's journey. According to the timeline, if you can remember, uh, Acts chapter 17 of which we launch uh, the study of 1 Thessalonians, is this uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 1 to 10. Paul and Tim was forced out of Thessalonica, okay? And then after which he wrote 1 Thessalonians to them. And Timothy was sent to the Thessalonians, and when Timothy returned to Paul with good reports, Paul rejoiced, and he prayed that, God, will you direct our team back to the Thessalonians again, of which we uh, saw the text just now. At that point of time, probably according to the scholars, he is in Corinth, okay? And you can refer it to Acts chapter 18, verse 5. Acts chapter 18, verse 5. Probably at uh, Corinth uh, writing First Thessalonians to them. And as what I mentioned earlier, the prayer was answered. God answered Paul's prayer or desire, but the answer only came later on, about five years later in Acts chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. Paul was able to go to the Thessalonians again physically because he was driven out in this situation. If you do a little bit of study, especially the end part of Acts chapter 19, then leading to Acts chapter 20 verse 1 to 3, whereby we see that hey, actually he went back to uh, Macedonian, uh, to, the, to Thessalonian in that sense. But if we look in detail, the reason why he's able to go to the Thessalonian, according to the text and also Acts 19, you will realize that he was actually being forced out. Okay, he was forced out in, uh, in Ephesus. He was being uh, driven out of Ephesus. So, 
because of that, he then managed to meet the Thessalonians. You see, what am I trying to drive here? Here, God directs, but sometimes He directs it in such a way, through circumstances. If we realize the movement of Paul, you will realize that uh, it's a result of four circumstances that he came to the Thessalonians. His prayer was answered five years later, and one of the factors is because of circumstances pushing him out and going to visit the Thessalonian. That's some, some of us probably say, oh, that's how God leads us. Yes, sometimes God leads this way. Therefore, I want to uh, fill us in and want to give us some suggestion how God can lead us and direct us. Let me briefly share how God can lead us, uh, how, how we can be directed by God. In divine guidance, uh, one of the things that, one of the mark, I'm going to share with all of us three markers, okay? Uh, outward uh, indicators, uh, inward indicator, and then the upward indicator. But let me explain here. Uh, in the outward indicator, outward indicators are like circumstances of which we saw in Paul's situation. What's happening outwardly? You know, what's the indication of change? Paul was forced uh, and circumstances caused him to go that way. So for us, what's happening outwardly? You know, what's the indication of change? Sometimes if we are sensitive, we will realize that the events or circumstances that are impacting us seems to cause us to, to move in certain direction. That could be the outward indicator. Paul was ministering in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. He had to go because he was forced out of Ephesus. Certain circumstances direct, quote-unquote, direct him in that. But I have to say this, brothers and sisters, circumstances alone do not establish the fact that God is leading us. Let me repeat myself. Circumstances alone do not establish the fact that God is leading or direct us. It is not directive that God is directing us in that situation. Circumstances alone is not sufficient to conclude that God is leading us in that way. So we need another indicator, which is the inward indicator, something for us to note. In inward indicator, like our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own logic on that decision or, or that, that choice that we're going to make. Our own thoughts, feeling, and logic. You see, God creates us with a brain and with feelings. So when considering where and when God is leading and directing us, we need to check this inward indicator. When the Jews uh, plot to kill Paul in Acts chapter 9, you can refer to that also. I'm giving you some example. Acts chapter 9, verse uh, 23 to 25. When the Jew plot to kill Paul in, in Acts chapter 9, Paul knew about it. And it is common sense in that situation whereby Paul has to escape. Cannot say that, hey, someone is plotting to kill me. I, I am a strong Christian. I will go uh, against them. No, you escape. You run away. It's logic. You know, it's, it's, 
it's just logical. Lah. I mean, if we, if we choose to go against, I think uh, something is, is wrong. But anyway, you know, logical. Paul knew that the jewel is plotting to kill him, so he knew about it and he tried to escape. But the, but the fact is this, if you read Acts chapter 9, what happened was that the Jews were, were, were sitting at the, at the city gate, waiting for Paul to, to appear so that they can catch him and, and kill him in that sense. But what's next? Logic tell the believers, wisdom tell the, the believers and Paul how to escape. He was actually let down of the city gate through, through, through that tower. Read about it. Logical. He he plot his own escape also, or the believer together with him plot his own escape. He, he cannot say that, hey, someone is watching the gate, I cannot escape. Never mind, lah. Let's, let's go against them. No, logic, wisdom, help him to escape. So inward indicator, when you are making decision or when you feel that God is directing you, what is the inward indicator that you can think about or ask yourself, but again, I have to say this, inward indicators can sometimes lead us astray also. So that's why we need the third indicator, which is the upward indicator. What's, what is upward indicator? Upward indicator is the means of God's word. And, and that's where we, GFC, we stress a lot on this. What is God saying? What is the upward indicator that God is leading me in this situation? What is God saying? What is God's word uh, referring and, and pointing to us? What is God saying in your situation, brothers and sisters, through the word of God? What is the word of God that proceeds out of his mouth right now in your situation? What is it? That's the upward indicator. And it will really help a lot if, uh, if, if we remember earlier sermon, the last sermon, whereby we talk about spiritual discipline. It will really help a lot if our spiritual discipline is already established and is already established. Um, regular in that sense because if our spiritual disciplines like our daily devotion our study of the word of god our memory a memorization of scripture our meditation of scripture our solitude so on and so forth if our spiritual discipline are being established in our life, that actually helps a lot and, and tuning into what God is saying to us will be easier. So I really want to encourage all of us also, establish spiritual discipline. It is needed because when God is directing us, the upward indicator will be the final say. It will help us to recognize, yeah, this is really the way that God is directing us. We can then tune in easily to the still small voice of God. Even though the outside circumstances is noisy, is pressing, is challenging, yet we don't have to be afraid. We can still listen and tune in to the still small voice. The phrase of the Bible may jump at you and remind you your memory of certain 
portion of the scripture or text will be recorded, and that may be God directing you, speaking to you. So, outward indicator, inward indicator, and upward indicator for us to be safely led or direct by God, I want to suggest this. Yes, we don't trust 100% uh, the outward indicator or the inward indicator, uh, but I want to suggest this. Uh, a safe way or the assurance that you are 99.9% led by God is actually when these three pointer or three marker align together. Yes, circumstances may force us and help us, and maybe it's God speaking. Inward confirmation may say, yeah, it's logical to think this way, but when the upward indicator align with all this, um, can I just say this, take the step of faith, maybe it's God leading you and directing you in that sense. So this is something that I want to uh, share with you as I examine that word, direct. May God direct our way to you. Let me go to the second point. Paul, beside praying that God direct their way to the Thessalonians, he also prayed this, Lord, will you just enlarge the Thessalonians in love? Enlarge them in love. And may the Lord, in, in verse uh, 12 to 13, he prayed this, May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. Let me repeat again. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, you know, His spiritual community, their spiritual community, and for all people, referring to also the world. Referring to probably, and, and I think it is also the people that are persecuting them. And he's saying this, may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and also for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I believe that we have been reminded uh, many times we have been taught many times that love is the most important and essential in our Christian faith. It is the hallmark of us being the disciple and follower of Christ. Love is essential because God is love. And we need to be like God. We need to increase our love and let love overflow to others. I'm sure that you have heard this many, many, many times. And likewise here, Paul telling the Thessalonian that he's asking God to cause them to increase, to, to be enlarged in love, abound in love, not just for one another, not just for our spiritual community, but also for the people that may be persecuting and going against them. Have love for the world also. So just imagine this if you are the Thessalonian being oppressed, being, uh, uh, having people going against you, trying to ridicule you, maybe trying to kill you also. 
and and Thessalonian that uh, we imagine that we we are the Thessalonian and say yeah we are under such a, a, a opposition we are being persecuted at the hands of all these quote unquote enemies at that point of time some of us you know if we are the Thessalonian may want to retaliate we may want to say I cannot take it anymore let's go against them you know let's fight against them in that sense there might be this growing desire for revenge also you know harbor negative thoughts uh, that wow that that one fall down on the drain uh, that one uh, die suddenly uh, you know yeah hallelujah you know we we may have that type of feeling you know but is it right i think of course we know it's wrong they and we are supposed to be the messenger of God that so loved the world, that gave Jesus to them. We are supposed to be the disciple of Christ, you know, walking worthy of the kingdom of God, spreading God's love to others. So what's the situation here? Paul prayed this, Lord, will you increase their love? Will you expand their love? Will it overflow in such a way? Because when love overflows, right, you don't really have time to harbor that evil thought, that wicked thought, think of revenge, because it overflows. You just love them. We don't respond bitterly to our enemies or, or persecution because we love them. Because reacting negatively to all this persecution will do us no good. There will not be any positive uh, impact or representation to others. I said, why are you Christian like this? Uh, harbor evil thought, want to go, want to, uh, so revengeful and all this is no good. And likewise also, if we look at this and if I can make application of this, is this that if we think negatively of our own spiritual family, I think also do us no good. So that's why Paul said, may the love of Christ also increase so that it, it expand to love your spiritual family also, not just spiritual family, but also the world. Having negative thoughts, bearing grudges, you know, what, because of whatever situation that arises does not do us any good at all. So Paul prayed this, Will you enlarge their love? Increase their love. Let love abound. Let it overflow. Uh, overflow not just to the spiritual family, but to the world. Paul prayed this. Enlarge their love so that they can be blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. And if we link that thought together and, and what I said earlier, it's true. At the end, when the Lord Jesus appeared and He checked our hearts, uh, He checked our action, He judged our action, then we will know that whether we are of love or not. It's quite interesting here that Paul uses this word, establish your hearts. And if you can recall, whenever hearts are being mentioned, uh, it refers to re uh, things like out of the overflowing of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the good treasure of a man's heart, 
the good man brings forth good treasure. Remember Jesus' teaching? Remember some of the teaching in Proverbs? Heart was being used here really to point out that hey, actually if we deal with the hearts, if, uh, because the heart seeks understanding and hearts actually give you motivation to do certain things, out of the good treasure of the man's heart, he does good things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Paul is using this, saying this, hey, let the Thessalonian God be filled with such overflowing, abounding love that out of the hearts, they will just do good and represent you well rather than to have all those negative thoughts that comes with persecution or challenges. So you see the point here? Paul's prayer is very directed, wise. And he said, this is the essential. Lord, will you answer my prayer? Let love abound. Let love enlarge in the Thessalonian life so that at the end, when you come and judge us again, that we will be blameless. We will be blameless. Look at this, uh, uh, talking about the hearts again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, it's also talking about the judgment of God when He comes again. And look at this. Wait until the Lord comes who will bring to light things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of man's heart. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. Same line of thought. When the Lord comes, He will look at not just the deeds that we uh, have done for Him, but what is attached behind that deed. What is the motive? Because sometimes it could be selfish motive that we are doing the thing that seems good to God, but at the end when He comes, hey, actually your motive is not love. Your motive is just for yourself. And we will be judged for that. So therefore, Paul prayed this essential prayer to the Thessalonians. Lord, will you enlarge their love, not just for the spiritual family, but also to the world. And this is, this should be our prayer that we increase in love. We increase in love. I also want to say this uh, as I examine uh, this scripture, and I find this interesting because some of us may have this question. Hey, since Paul prayed this way, right? It means that Paul is just asking God to do it, and we just take a back seat and be passive and do nothing. You know, it does give that impression. Hey, Paul, you are praying to God that, that you increase your love, cause them to increase. But if you look at the letter in First Thessalonians, there's a balance, uh, there's, a, there's a balance here of God's intervention, uh, God's initiative, and also our own uh, responsibility. Paul prayed this, God caused them to increase. It does not mean that man should just sit back and do nothing. Because look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. It reads this, Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need anyone to write to you, for you yourself are taught by God to love one another. 
For indeed, you do practice it towards all the brethren who are in Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. What's happening here? While Paul prayed the prayer, he also commanded, hey, you guys go and love one another even more. So there's a God initiation here that yes, we need the grace of God to cause us to increase in our love, but there's also a human responsibility for us to love one another, to love the world in that sense. So Paul in the letter emphasized both the grace of God, his initiative, and also challenged the believers that you go and do that also, love one another. There's a balance here. So don't come to this point and say, oh, I just be passive and let God uh, increase my love. Doesn't happen this way. We also need to go and love. So in reflection, I want to ask this question and for us to check also, that what is our love level despite our limitation? Despite our limitation, what is our love level to our spiritual community? and also to the world. Again, I remind all of us here that Paul is under limitation. He cannot go and visit them. But while he cannot go and visit them, what did he do? He actually prayed for them in acts of love. He did not just pray for them. Remember this also. He sent Timothy to them. Logical Practical acts of love. He cannot go there, but he can send someone there. Besides sending Timothy there to encourage them, he also wrote a letter to encourage them. Practical again. You know, it's not just about pray, 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 pray. There are also practical actions that he did to encourage and to show love to the Thessalonians. So what is our love level? to our spiritual community, to the world, especially the Gelang com community, despite our limitation. Yeah, we can pray. But is there anything else? We, some of us, we, we go out and distribute. But is there anything else? Okay, that's, that's in the context of the bread breaker. But think about it. We are called to do outreach, reach out to others. So despite our limitation, what is our love level? And may the Lord challenge us. May the Lord grace us with that, with that enlarging love so that we can really be the testimony of Christ's practical love. And with that, actually, I wanted to uh, say a thank you, lah, since you see already. I, I want to lead us to this platform that we can practice love. Okay, we can practice love. First, I really thank the Bread Breaker team uh, for the past two, three years, right? I think two years, you all went out to show practical love to the community out there. But as what I understand, the, the, they have a yearly cycle. So we are coming to an end cycle uh, and a starting of a new cycle to go out to bless the community uh, that happens this April. So what is presented here is really this, in line with this message, in creating the platform for some of us to participate in this uh, act of love 
to the community. This is what we need. And if you can, and I challenge you to uh, act on the Word of God today, scan the code and volunteer your service. Basically, in, in brief, is something like this. What we need for this year and the commitment is just for 12 months, one year, uh, starting April this year, is this we need 15 anchor teams. Why we need 15? Because we need to bless 15 uh, bread breaker families that's out of the out, uh, that, that's in Gelang in that sense. So we need 15 anchor teams uh, and the description is here whereby monthly we can buy the grocery, make contact to the, to the family and go out to bless them. But my understanding right now is this, we need two more anchor teams. Uh, uh, the, the team can be teams of twos or three uh, in that sense. So we need two more anchor teams. We have already 13 uh, anchor teams that has volunteered themselves, but we still need two more anchor teams. So if you can, group yourself and, and say that I'll be the, the anchor team uh, 12 times for that entire yeah, so you can talk among yourself. But some of us may say that, hey, actually, Pastor, I cannot regularly go out uh, once a month. But never mind, then you become our backup team member. So you sign up, uh, indicate in the form, and say that I can do it at hot. Then we have your name list at times whereby we need to involve you, we will call you in. So it's not 12 times, maybe a few times you can do that also. But some of you say that, hey, actually, Pastor, uh, I, I have hard time, for example, uh, I, I cannot walk. It's very difficult for me to walk in that sense. But it's alright. Sign up for the prayer partner. You can pray for the teams that are going out. You will be assigned individual team that you can pray for the team. You can also pray for the, the bread breaker family that is assigned to the team. So you see, we can do that. While we cannot go physically, our prayer can. And it's so in line with today's lesson. This platform created for us to practice love. Yes, Paul prayed this. And we will also be praying this for all of us, that God calls us to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. But realize this also, as what I mentioned in chapter 4, that Paul also said, go and do it. Go and do it. While God gives grace, we must do it also. While Paul cannot reach them physically, he thinks of he he thought of practical ways to love and to encourage them. So, what is our love level, despite our limitation? And I'm sure that all of us have something to give, not just to the bread breaker family, but also in reaching out to our friends and those that are not safe because we bear the testimony of Christ to the world. So let us close this time and allow me to pray uh, as, we, as we ask the Lord to guide us and help us. Let us pray. This morning, I spoke about God's direction. I also talk about enlarging in love. 
And as the Spirit of God speaks to us and emphasizes that impression that you need to take home, emphasize that action that you need to carry out, I pray that we will be obedient and say, Lord, today I heard your voice, your prompting. I do not harden my heart, but instead I obey. Heavenly Father, I ask of you this morning as we close this time, Lord, will you continue to guide us and lead us that as followers of Christ, your disciple, let us be a people that listen to you and know where you are leading and be discerning in what's happening so that we can be led and be directed to you. I pray especially for some of us that are anxious, that are crying out, Lord, why not now? Lord, give us that grace to be patient and to trust in your perfect timing and the way that you lead. You are all powerful, Lord, but Lord, we want to place our trust also in your timing and in your way. So bless us if some of us are facing that. Lord, I pray also in conclusion, Lord, will you just enlarge our love increase our capacity to love as we are called the disciple of christ so god bless us as we pray all this in jesus name amen